Cyber Synapse, the podcast that's creating connections through candid conversations about cyber issues. Sponsored by Agency, with your host, Kath Nibbs. Welcome to Cyber Synapse. This week, I'm joined by Holly Ann Martin. Holly Ann is an author and runs a website with resources for children called Safe for Kids. I'm going to put the show notes, uh, the link in the show notes after we've done it. Um, but the website is actually aimed for parents to have education around sex education for younger children and especially pornography, of which uh, Holly Ann has authored four books. Four for children and one for adults, actually. So that's five books. Can't count. Okay. Oh, we're off to, we're off to a good start. Okay. So it's nice to have you here, Holly. Thanks for having me. Okay. Um, Holly has worked with uh, children and uh, young people for quite some time, which is where her um, information for the books have come from. Um, so what I'm going to do is hand over to Holly and let you explain about who you are, what you do, why you do it, and then we'll kind of get into the nitty gritty. Um, and this obviously follows on from the podcast that I did last week, which is about um, your brain on porn. Lovely. Well, um, I first started my company 10 years ago. I was a teacher assistant um, working with special needs children and I'd been teaching a, a program, um, an abuse prevention education program for nearly 30 years and then 10 years ago I went up into some communities in Australia where um, high sexual abuse was happening and mm -hmm. just saw a huge need for resources. So I quit my job, um, took a big loan out of my home and have been doing this now full-time for 10 years. Um, I travel all over Australia and um, normally um, I would stand in front of four and a half thousand children a year, but last year was a big year and actually it was five thousand, five and a half thousand last year. And so all of the resources I create come out of conversations that I'm having with children. And so um, up until about probably three years ago, um, children, you know, I'd ask a class of eight-year-olds, you know, who's got Facebook, who's got this? And about half of the class of eight-year-olds had Facebook. But then there was a change and um, now, you know, no child's got Facebook because that's only for old people. Uh -huh. But I was finding they've all got Snapchat, they've all got Instagram. And one of the lessons that I do in abuse prevention education is I do a, um, a public and private lesson where we go through and we talk about public and private things that you do um, with your body, so mm -hmm. birthing and farting and nose picking, um, the private rooms in your home, and then um, we get down to the private body parts. So rather than just jumping into naming the correct anatomical names, because it's really important yeah. that we use penis, testicle, vulva, vagina, um, I, to be honest, I don't use anus because um, I, I worry if in a, um, a court situation, if a child said anus, then somebody might try and twist that and say that the child was coached. So I oh. just use bottom for and your mouth. We have to include the mouth as a private uh, part. Yeah, yeah. And a lot of people have you know problem with that, but but we have to. And so as part of this lesson. Um, I started to find that children were coming across pornography. But rather than calling it pornography with six-year-olds, I call them private pictures or private movies. Yeah. And when I say to a class of five or six-year-olds, where can you see pictures like that? They can tell me on an iPhone, on an iPad, 
they never say magazines because that's so last century. Um, (laughs) But I had a child say a tattoo and I hadn't even thought of that myself. But more and more I'm finding that children are coming across this on YouTube. Mm -hmm. And I I was in a school um, last year actually and I had 32 seven-year-olds. And at the end of this lesson... Um, I had eight children stay behind all to tell me their story of seeing pornography on YouTube. I hadn't asked them to, but here yeah. for the first time was somebody talking openly about seeing private pictures and private movies mm-hmm. and how it might make you feel. And, um, you know, so I give children some strategies that if they see pictures like that, they're to say that's private and turn away. And... You know, and then they need to go and tell an adult. Now, most children won't go and tell an adult for fear of having the device taken away yes. or getting into yep. trouble. Yeah. So because I was having all of these conversations, I, I had to write a book to help adults have um, this conversation. So when I got the idea to, to write a book, um, I went on to YouTube and I typed in Minecraft because in Australia, every 6 to 10-year-old is watching Minecraft videos on YouTube. Yep. yep. So I typed in Minecraft and um, down the feed, one of the thumbnails had Indian porn amongst all the Minecraft videos. So I've gone, right, I'm on the right track. So in my storybook, um, it's about a little boy that the teacher teaches them just like I've explained it to them. And if you see private pictures, you're to turn away and go and tell an adult. But in my story, this boy sees these inappropriate pictures, but he doesn't. he thinks he's going to get it taken away. So that night he has these nightmares. And then in the morning he realises he needs to go and speak to his mother. So he goes outside and talks to his mum and she says, mate, you're not in trouble. Have you got any questions? And he says, no, mum. And then he says, oh, no, I've, you know, is that how people have sex? And she says, no, mate, that's not how mummy and daddy treat each other. Those people are actors. Yeah. Because I needed to be able to give adults language to have that conversation. Mm-hmm. And so um, when I when my book was coming out, I went back in to, I thought, I'm going to be really smart here. I'm going to go in, I'm going to get that Indian porn down the feed and I'm going to take a screenshot, write a blog, sell a million books. Yeah, it didn't happen. But yeah. <laughs> I typed in Minecraft. The first video I clicked on, Um, had all this, it was just an ordinary Minecraft video, but it had all this swearing in it. And then down the side, every thumbnail had the Minecraft characters in different sexual positions. Mm -hmm. And so I grabbed my phone and just made a little quick, you know, (coughs) minute 30 video and and posted it on my Facebook page and on my YouTube channel and things um, just to alert parents because as long as children are quiet, parents don't realise what they're getting up to on the internet. Mm-hmm. And so, you know, it doesn't matter what you type in, you can find adult content. Um, you know, yeah. when the movie Frozen, and we've got Frozen 2 coming out, so it's going to be even worse. Um, but if you type Frozen into YouTube, um, you know, you're going to come across videos with Spider-Man and, and Elsa. If you type Elsa into, into YouTube, yeah. you're going to see Spider-Man and Elsa having sex and having twins. Yeah. And, and that was that was the podcast that I did around um, Christmas time about the the inappropriate videos for children. And um, I'm actually really thinking about maybe I should have called that podcast um, "Pornography on YouTube." Does it exist? You know, something something along those lines. Because actually, um, this it's not just the pornography though, is it? I was just thinking about the swearing. Actually, young children 
coming into swear because those are sexualized words that's what swear words are um and you know the latest fashion the latest fashion in on youtube um it's really big here with kids at the moment and it's called parents pranking their children and so i typed in parents pranking their children the first video I clicked on was a husband and wife going with their mobile phones, oh, now we're going to get this and we're going to do this to our kid and I'm going to pretend to bash her. So the mother's lying on the ground. The father is pounding into her. There's a little two-year-old baby trying to fight the father off. Mm -hmm. Two million people have viewed that. Uh, yes, that's that's along the list of all of the things I've got to talk about this year. Because um, uh, we actually, I, I've I've witnessed um, some of the videos actually where a parent, and it was horrific, but it did end up um, uh, there was a huge social media blow up around it that um, one of the parents had squealed at the child for getting ink everywhere, and it was oh, it was uh, I I felt physically sick watching it. Um, how these parents could actually make this child feel they were, that he was in trouble and then giggle it all off and put it up on YouTube as a, a you know, isn't this funny? Um, pranking, and we, you know, we've taken a step up from what used to be called happy slapping and we're now into this um, shaming, horrific abuse that happens in the name of uh, comedy and likes and shares and, you know, and it's all about Facebook famous is so old hat. Yeah. It's big money. There's a, a couple, and I won't name them, um, it's, um, they've got 2 million subscribers to their YouTube channel. Mm -hmm. yeah. So they're doing, you know, they should be reported to child protection. <laughs> um, but they're making all this money off of torturing their children, basically. Yeah. yeah. And yet everybody thinks it's so funny, but it's always violent. It's always, you know, um, and, and kids think it's funny and, and it's so desensitising to everyone. Yeah. And and one of the um, uh, this is kind of where where I said we'd go off on a tangent before we started. <laughs> that actually, this is one of the things about YouTube is when you begin one video. Um, I think I think it was twelve videos. So there is a formula somewhere about twelve videos to the dark side of YouTube. I think it's a lot lot less than that now. So if you typed in Minecraft and you've got the, the almost the Kama Sutra in Minecraft down the side, that actually it doesn't take long for a child to come across some of this material. Um, and one of the other things we actually had a brief discussion about before we came came to record it was the correct terminology. Um, so what I wanted to say was I, I was lucky enough to, um, uh, and this is going back a while, to read your Hayden Reese book. So uh, you actually sent that over and I had a read through of it and found it really, really helpful about the, the coming across pornography and the kinds of conversations. So I thought what we might do is just have a little bit of a... Um, a chat around how we can help educate parents because pornography um well let's say the access to pornography is um one of the high high ends of my um therapy practice at the moment there's a large number of children all under the age of 14 um who are accessing pornography so where where we think it's an adolescent issue actually it's a lot lot younger um so i'm dealing with children as young as five through to 14 that have um, witnessed pornography. After that age, I can have very different conversations, um, but that's due to brain development. So what, what kind of resources do you have, Holly, so that people can have a look at your website, have a look at the books, and then start to have conversations with their children? Well, like you mentioned, I've got my Hayden Reese um, learns what to do if you see private pictures or private movies out already. Mm -hmm. 
Um, I've just released a book and this came about because of pornography. Child to child sexual abuse is, is on the increase in Australia. I'm, I'm pretty sure it is in the UK too because I read an mm -hmm. article today about that. And so um, this came about, and this is going to be quite graphic, but it came about because a principal rang me um, in November, not just gone last, yeah, November yeah. before, he had had eight separate cases of child-to-child -child in his school. But the story that he told me, and all of the cases <coughs> linked back to the children seeing porn, they're yeah. all isolated, it wasn't on each other, but he told me of a six-year-old who was caught in the boys' toilets trying to get other kids to suck his penis. But what happened was the school handled it really well and supported him and his family and the other kids and the other parents, but these parents turned on the family and ran them out of the school. So then they go to another local school. They ring the parents of the local school and said, did you know you've got a pedophile in your school? He's not a pedophile. He's just a little boy that doesn't know the rules. Uh -huh. So my, my new book that I've just released before Christmas is called Gary Just Didn't Know the Rules. Yeah. So in this story, the teacher sits the kids down and um, is teaching them and a new child comes to the school who hasn't learned protective education. And so there's a, something private happens in the toilet. And I don't say what the private thing was because I leave it open for the adults to brainstorm with the kids because it could be as simple as somebody looking under the door or over the wall or something yeah, like that. Yeah. But I just say something private happened <coughs> and the child goes and reports it to the teacher and she says leave it with me I'll handle it so she sits the whole class down and teaches them there are five private rules nobody's allowed to touch your private parts unless it's for medical reasons and then they need consent yeah. if they did it wouldn't be your fault you're not allowed to touch anybody else's private parts if you do you're breaking the law. And I always use this sign language when I'm talking with the children yeah, too. Yeah, yeah. They understand it. No one's allowed to show you private pictures. No one's allowed to take private pictures of you. And you're not allowed to take private pictures of yourself. Because I had a mum of a, a six-year-old ring me crying down the phone going, Holly, my six-year-old got my mobile phone and took a picture of his penis. And, you know, she's going, what am I going to do? What am I going to do? And I said, well, calm down. Hold on a minute. Has he sent that to anybody? Because if he mm -hmm. has, yeah. you could get a conviction to say you're a child sex offender. Had you realised that? And of course she hadn't. Why did the six-year-old do it? Because he had a 14-year-old brother who was doing it. Yeah, yeah. So younger kids are learning these behaviours off older kids. So it, again, in my book, I've just stepped it out to help adults have that conversation. We're not trying to demonise kids. A six-year-old that, you know, um, I mean, you show me yours, I'll show you mine at six or four is a normal behaviour, as you know. Yeah. But we're seeing more and more either oral or digital penetration and it all stems from pornography because, mm -hmm. um, you know, when I was a child, I grew up watching Cowboy and Indian movies. So when we were kids, we played Cowboys and Indians. Children are seeing that and then acting it out on each other and... Um, you know, and especially one of the trends that we're seeing here, and I'm not sure if it's the same in the UK, is children on the spectrum, on the autistic spectrum, mm -hmm. uh, are witnessing porn and then abusing their siblings. To, to be honest, Holly, that makes up for a, a large remit of the clients that I've actually dealt with. And I, I think that's one of the issues we do currently have in the UK. 
um, that we provide sex education. Um, so I'm just going to talk a moment from, I used to go out and, and teach relationship sex education. It's a generic lesson that's given to the secondary school children and, and some of the primaries. But what they don't take into account is learning difficulties, um, children on the spectrum, the fact that children will have been abused. Um, so it, it tends to be quite um, abrupt. Um, and and, and it's, it's very difficult when I was sat with, with people and we'd be co-presenting co and I would be watching children who looked really confused, children who were having a traumatic uh, reaction to some of the information that was being shown behind them. And as I, as I talked to you, there's also the levels of the, the resources that we use with some of these children that we don't take account of the behaviours that autistic children or, or children on the autistic spectrum behave slightly differently or in different ways. So um, I use the terminology neurotypical and uh, neurodiverse rather than autistic spectrum. Um, because I don't like labels on children and there's that I talk about the way their brain works yeah and it's actually neurodiverse children that think in diverse ways that then take this information and use it because they don't understand and as you've got yeah. them the five rules they are the social rules they're the rules of how we get along as, as, as a society and it is not okay to do this to another child or have it done to yourself so I'm, I'm, I'm really impressed with those five rules, actually. I think I shall be um, citating you and, and sticking them into... Um, actually, what I will do is, is um, I'm currently doing a second book, and I know you're doing a, um, a book at the moment as well, aren't you? So we'll come on to that. That I may, I may just um, reflect back to come and see your resources on that. So I think those five rules are really simple, and they're the ones that underpin it. Yes, exactly. And, you know... I, I, my, so I'm writing another book at the moment about um, to help adults talk again about pornography and cyber safety, but I need to write another book about consent um, because mm. when I'm working with 14-year-old young fellas in high school, um, and I'll tell you a situation that I had. I've got a poster that says we can talk about anything. I've put that up on a board. I've turned around. I've got 50 14-year-olds sitting on the carpet or sitting on chairs. Kids are on carpet, sat off, teenage yeah. on chairs. So they're on chairs. And um, I've turned around and the kid's got his hand up. And I said, mate, I normally give some information, then ask questions. That's how it works. And he said, no, miss, I've got a question now. I said, go on then. And he said, and excuse my language, but he said, miss, why do so many women like anal sex? And, of course, I didn't blink or, you know, show mm -hmm. anything. I've been in the class two minutes and he's prepared to ask me that. So I've gone there. And I said, well, I'm going to answer that for you. But before I do, how many of you young men have had sex? And they're all going, or oh, none of us, we haven't even kissed a girl yet. So I said, so how, how do you know about that? Oh, because of all the porn, hey. And they're nudging each other. All the porn we're watching. And they were describing the most heinous acts. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And all they could say is, but miss, it's just so funny. And I, I said to them, why would young fellas watch that? <coughs> oh, to learn technique, miss, to learn style. Mm -hmm. Not the right technique and there's no style. <laughs> but there is also no foreplay, no contraception, no kissing, no consent. There's nothing good about what they're watching. And they say, oh, we know it's not real, miss, but they don't realise that it is changing the way they look at women and dehumanising them and when they just said it was so funny I've just gone 
my fear is these 14 year olds in 10 years are going to be our future police teachers doctors nurses and parents mm -hmm. you know when you consider 88 percent of a pornographic movie is violence against women yeah i think i read a statistic that said in the first two minutes 80 percent of pornography has a um, misogynistic uh, act yeah and you know in just about every pornographic movie there is anal sex and they just think that that's normal <laughs> so yeah. i've just said i'll talk about anything and so i had to go with it for it with these kids now i've got three male teachers up the back going oh my gosh funnily enough i haven't been invited <laughs> back but i had to so i had to explain to these young fellas you know what is your bottom and how you know when you're with a partner and you've got foreplay you know your vagina gets wet and all this but your bottom's not made for that so i never say don't do it i never put my middle class mm -hmm. you know values on it or whatever but i explained to them that you need a lot of consent around that you know it's a muscle so you need to exercise the muscle you don't see them putting on lubricant and stuff like that and these kids are just eating it up they couldn't get enough of it mm -hmm. But nobody's doing that. Well, nobody in Australia is doing it like that, unfortunately. It's just you're all going to get an STI and have a baby you don't want, and that's all we do in, in Australia. Uh-huh. I think we I think we had quite a, a concurrent moment on that just beforehand. Um, yeah, there was something about when I was teaching the RSC, we could talk about everything but the pornography. However, those were the questions that the children had all the time. Um, and um, I used to give them anatomical, um, uh, so I would reference, well, actually, the way that the, the anus is made is it's kind of like an L shape. Really, it's not really in a diagonal shape, so, you know, the actual process of it is very difficult. And um, I think I used to like reflecting back, do you know it takes about 24 hours to make a two-minute video um, for the children? So, actually, what you see is 24 hours worth of painstakingly cut, edited, um, because in, in the, the, the pornography industry, as we're aware, and I think this was the conversation I had with Gary last week, we're getting to um, acts which are, because it's a pornography industry, so they, they really want to make money. So what mm. they're doing is they're escalating the kinds of um, behaviours. So we've gone from anal sex to, um, I think I mentioned last week, the, the process of gagging. So that's quite a, a conversation that I've had with children in therapy. Um, then there's, there's something called prolapse pornography, which has been um, a conversation that I've had with another therapist. And um, uh, so this was in 2016, 2017, just as it was turning the, um, the year. That was a conversation I had about, well, if that's now the new thing, what does it take for the actors? So I, I quite liked when you talked about these are actors. Quite a lot of them actually are actors that are being given lots and lots of money and lots and lots of drugs to escalate their behaviour as well. So it's not really how it's how it's normally done between two consenting adults. And yeah, I absolutely I'm singing from the same song sheet here. Consent. Consent needs to begin all the way back in toddlerhood. And I know that um, we, um, one of, one of my colleagues made. Uh, went on television and talked about consent a while ago and so many people said so what now we can't tickle our children and now we can't hold them and that and it's almost like people don't un quite grasp what it is that we're trying to to aim at in this or, or with this particular viewpoint that actually what yeah. we're talking about is it needs to be two consenting adults and that's that's the issue isn't it is when you're not an adult you can't consent um yeah I'd love to take a film crew in just to see how 
honest and open young people are. Mm. Not so much girls. Girls are a bit more reserved. But boys, they could be discussing a football match or they could be discussing, you know, really heinous things. They're just so blasé about it. But when I had these young fellas, I said to them, so how much do you think, a, you know, a porn star would make for a movie? And they've gone, oh, a million dollars, half a million dollars. I said, will it surprise you to know they get one, the girls get paid more than the blokes and they get $1,000. What do you think they do with that 1000 And they've gone, for that? And so they're really shocked. And then I said, what do you think they do with it? And one young fella goes, oh, buy costumes? And I said, mate, I don't know what you're watching, but the stuff that I know of, there's not too many costumes. Yeah. I said, you know, it goes on either in their arm or up their nose. They use that on drugs or alcohol. Mm -hmm. to, you know, they have to do that to do the next movie and stuff like that. And these young fellas, when you made it real for them, they were horrified. Yeah. You know, porn stars kill themselves because of the, you know, mental health problems and stuff like that. And so I think that's how we need to educate young people to, to bring it back, to find some empathy there because it's not just a piece of meat that somebody does something to. Yeah. And it is all, you know, it's all about the bloke getting off and coming all over your face or whatever, whereas... You know, and, and people then start going, oh, well, what about ethical porn? Don't, I don't uh -huh. think. Yeah, I think the word <laughs> pornography takes the word ethical. That's like an oxymoron. <laughs> it's definitely an oxymoron. <laughs> oh, but it's made by women and there's a storyline. But people are still getting a lot of money. <laughs> and, you know, you don't wake up and go, oh, well, I'm going to go and work in a daycare. Or I'm going to become a teacher. No, I'm going to become a porn star. Mm -hmm. And a lot of these people are trafficked. Yeah. Um, and the way they're tricked into some of this stuff. So I think we need to do more education around that with, with our teens, but with younger kids, just getting them to know that it's, um, you know, they need to be able to talk to adults about it. And parents just, um, I've got a survey out at the moment. My goal was to have a 1,000 parents from around the world fill out this, um, it's only... Um, it'll take about four minutes. And I thought, you know, I'd get it just like that. Um, but it's taken me from October to now and I'm still only up to, uh, I think it's like not quite 700 yet. Mm -hmm. But I'm having people say, messaging me after doing the survey saying, Holly, I'm so glad I did your survey because one of the questions is, did you know, had, you know, did you know that there was... Um, pornographic information on YouTube. No, they didn't. And then I said, have you heard of something called RedTube and ZooTube? And then we say, you know, please don't go and look it up because, and we tell them what it is. Uh, yeah. Now, I've got nine-year-olds that can tell you what ZooTube is. And they're hearing about these sorts of things on Family Guy, on that cartoon Family Guy. Yeah. So on the cartoon, they'll go blah, blah, blah. And then on ZooTube, because they're going to go ZooTube, ZooTube, they're going to Google it and nine boxes open up with people having sex with animals. Mm -hmm. And nine-year-olds know about this stuff. Yep. The videos are automatically running. You can't take that back. Absolutely. And, and do you know what, Holly, this is, this is where I started um, uh, years ago with the idea of cyber trauma. And it was actually because children were coming across... Um, this kind of material, um, of which I will speak to you when we've done off here, because I'm not going to give it out to the, the public at the moment, but I'll, I'll say more on that when we've finished talking. Um, where have I gone? 
back back to what I'm talking about. Um, yes, the the fact is, it, when you see an image like that, it's it's in. You ca you can't get rid of it. And I've I've had conversations around necrophilia porn, bestiality porn, which is what we're talking about. And it, it, I, I, there's almost this level of we we are talking about pornography made by the pornography industry, but actually. On these websites, there are a huge amount of webcam girls. There are the um, couples at home. There's the fact that somebody's uploaded something without the permission of somebody else, and and that's that's the other level of pornography, isn't it? Is is the and I'm going to call them the unsuspecting victim of two people at home making a video for themselves, and before you know it one person has uploaded it, and it's now on a pornography site and can be watched by millions and shared. And um, as I say to a lot of people, if something can be uploaded, it can be downloaded, which means it can be uploaded again. So there's the idea of this this image can be around for forever, if that, yeah. And this is where we use the digital footprint. Um, we have we have quite a few other sites over in the UK that get mentioned. Um, and what's happening at the moment is the internet providers are going to start. Um, well, they've already got filters in place that you can put on. Um, I think my issue with them is they filter far too much, so you couldn't even do a, um, a medical search for some of the stuff that you wanted. Um, and then we've got age verification, which is going to start. And as, as I keep saying, the pornography industry is going to go, okay then, so we'll just change servers, we'll change names, and we'll make it a different, and it won't take long before that filters down. And what was, let's take for example Pornhub, which is one of the, the biggest free websites, Pornhub will then change its name or they will find another way to get the back doors in, as they're called, which is quite interesting that I've used that metaphor here. Um, and then, and then you know, that will, that, will, that will allow children to still access this. Um, most of the graphic videos I talk about have never been accessed on YouTube, Facebook, pornography sites, because children share links with each other about websites. Yes, definitely. And I think it's ironic that Pornhub now have got a are doing sex education. <laughs> I, well, I haven't. I was going to say I haven't frequented. Right, that's another one to note down. Is right. So now, Port. Oh, that's really interesting. Don't um, you think that's the classy? <laughs> ah, yeah. I wonder. I wonder what that will contain. I just have okay. no idea. <laughs> <laughs> right. Um. I'm just thinking if there's, um, so I have taken notice of the time today, so I've noticed that we've been going for about half an hour. This is the thing I'm completely rubbish at, this, this podcasting, taking note of what I'm doing. Um, we're coming towards the end, so um, you've mentioned your survey, which I'm going to put on, um, I'll put in the show notes, I'll put on um, the, the YouTube as well, I'll put it into my Facebook and share around, and I'll also put your Facebook website, your website, um, you can buy the books from the website, can't you? Yeah. Um, it's best to in the UK. It's cheaper to no, get them through Amazon. Right. Well, I'll put the names of the books, and then people can go to Amazon and, and type in your name, and, and obviously order your books. Um, and hopefully, uh, we'll get to see. I mean, I, I'm thinking we could do another one of these, Holly. Um, but you are coming over to the UK uh, later on this year, so. Yeah. One of the things I'm intending to do is do more interviews where I'm actually sat with people because it's, um, it's a little bit more real. Um, as much as this is virtual, it's not quite the same as sitting together and having the, the, the where you actually bounce off each other a little bit more. Um, so I'm hoping that I'm going to record interviews in that way as well. Um, is there anything you think 
parents need to know or, or that needs to be in this podcast right now before we kind of say, right, that's, that's it for today? And, and For me, parents to model consent, you know, don't make children kiss adults goodbye and things like that. And I know people get off on tangents saying, you know, they don't show no respect. They can still be respectful without being made to kiss somebody. Mm -hmm. um, it's so important that children use the correct anatomical names because um, we had a um, our most renowned expert um, in Australia was actually um, an ex-UK, Bobby. Uh, she came over... Um, she was a policewoman in the UK for years and then she came to Australia and um, became a professor and her name was Professor Frieda Briggs. Um, she passed away two years ago, but she made it her life's mission to go into um, prisons and interview um, perpetrators and things like that. And they told her that if I was calling my private part a Mary or a Florence or whatever, and you were calling your private part a vulva and a vagina, they would leave you alone. So just knowing the correct anatomical names could be a protective factor for a child. Yeah. So it's really important that parents get away from, you know, using those funny words because um, in the grooming process, they'll find out what kids are using. If they're, you know, if they're saying penis and things, vagina and vulva, I'm leaving that child alone because they won't, you know, it's going to be, if I'm calling it a funny name, it's going to be harder for me to get whoever I disclose to to understand what I'm trying to say. Yeah, and yeah. Because people watch the TV and they think, oh, that they can point to a doll or they can draw a picture, it's they can't. They have to verbalise what the name was. So just knowing the correct anatomical names. Yeah, uh, yeah. And, <laughs> and just to have open conversations with your children about, you know, um, one of the things that we do with children is we help them set up a safety team of five adults that they can talk to about anything. Mm -hmm. And I have nowadays kids, so on the thumb would be anybody from their home and then two people from school or daycare and yeah. then two people from the community. I have kids nowadays saying to me, Holly, I don't want anybody from my home on my safety team. Mum's always on Facebook or Dad comes to my cricket match and he never watches. So kids are feeling really disconnected. Mm -hmm. So I would really ask parents to make time to sit down with their children and, you know, if your child's got um, something that you think is no big deal and it's a big deal to them, if something bad happens, they'll think that they won't be listened to again. Yeah. So to have open conversations with children and, and not to be scared of it. Adults overthink the program that I teach. If you get a kid, kid a rule, that's the rule. They understand it and they don't overthink yeah. it and they, they three-year-olds understand it. Yeah. So I think we underestimate children a lot too. Yes, absolutely. And I'm going to echo onto the top of that. Um, uh, and this was the discussion that I had about. Um, so a lot of the uh, younger children who have been sexually abused, um, when it's being explained to them by other professionals, they're, they're consistently told, well, that was rude. Uh, and that's what, and, and this was my um, little, little um, tete a tete before we started. It, yes. We, we can consider it rude in, in terms of we talk about private parts being rude. And, but actually, I think that if we started to talk to children about it's wrong, it's illegal, they're an adult, you're a child. Um, and as I say, it's one of the things I've had to explain to a number of children. Sticking your tongue out is rude. Shutting the door in somebody's face is rude. Swearing at somebody's rude. Sexual abuse is illegal. 
that's the word we need to use. It's wrong. It's against the law. Um, and I quite liked your um, sign language for it. I'm just thinking about the younger children with autis, uh, autism that I'm, I'm thinking about. When, when I'm trying to explain to them that, no, it wasn't rude in terms of what that actually means. It was illegal. It was wrong. And it wasn't your fault. So rude yeah. is something that children engage in which kind of has this victim-blaming feel to it for, for me. Yeah, I ban rude. I won't let the children say rude. Yeah. I get them to make a little cup and say rude and catch it and then throw it away. Mm. I say, every time you go to say rude, say private. Yeah. Because, you know, your rude parts come shame. So they're just well, your private parts yeah. and they're your special parts. And, again, I use sign language for that. So in Australia, the sign for private is your hand in front of your mouth and then you pretend you've got a key and you're locking your Lock lips. Yeah. Yeah. So public means people around. And private means just for you. And so if I hear kids swearing, I don't use any language. I just, oh, sorry, miss. And they stop swearing. Yeah. So, you know, there's so much we could talk about from weeks. I, I, was, <laughs> yeah, I, I was just sorry. Thinking, let's go off on a tangent on that one. But um, this, is, this is what's happened on the last few podcasts is I've started to get to a stage where I've thought, no, Kirby cats. <laughs> Which is Sorry. one of the differences, um, yeah, that as, as I keep saying to people, this is not an academic podcast. It's just literally two people talking, having a bit of a... Um, and where I said I was going to be interviewing people I disagree with this year, I'm tending to kind of pick people and go, oh, no, that, that bit I really agree with, and this is why. And, and yeah, so we, we will obviously continue this conversation um, more, than, more than today. Um, and obviously, once, once it's recorded, you can share it. Um, so there, there will be other information. So I'm just thinking for people in Australia, there is a video from uh, myself and Alan where we talked about um, the Elsa videos and how to have conversations with children around YouTube. The, Lovely. The one that I did with Gary. So Gary is one of my friends. We had a, um, a really in-depth conversation about, um, he actually turned the tables to be honest and interviewed me if that makes sense. Um, <laughs> So we had a conversation about the, the um, Suicide Forest video that appeared on YouTube and how many young people saw that. You know, there was 15 million subscribers plus the other people who saw it in the trending um, and then all of the fallout from that. So that there's lots and lots of information on there for parents um, and hopefully that's what I'm intending to do with this podcast is cover all of the cyber-based issues rather than just the pornography. But I think the pornography issue for me in therapy is becoming one of the prevalent um, issues. So I, uh, there are two prevalent issues and I'm not going to talk about the other one at the moment, but it's definitely pornography viewing, particularly for children under the age of 10. That's the one that concerns me the most. Uh, um, so I would love to have you back on this podcast. Um, so I'm going to say thank you very much for your time, Holly. And I look forward to keeping in touch and, and probably coming to meet you in, in later on in the year when you come over. That'd be yeah. great. Thanks okay. for having me. Thank you. <laughs>